As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire. Hello, everybody. I'm back. I've taken my show back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, <laughs> brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined with... Come on, guys. Intro- Jen. Oh. What up, G? <laughs> you usually introduce us. <laughs> you do. You threw us off this week. Yeah. I was like, what? What's up, G? How you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. And I brought back Ryan, even though I've taken the show back, uh, because he did such a good job last week. Oh, thank you, thank you. He did. It was we a got lot a... of fun. Talking about his favorite TV show ever. We got a lot of hits on there. the Supernatural episode, so if no one awesome. has listened yet, and you're listening to Goodfellas first, go back and listen I to heard Supernatural. It was really well received, by the way, the episode. It was really good. Like, It was one of those things Like, I actually caught myself, because I had that... I was expecting something. I didn't get what I expected, so I didn't like it as much as I should have. But then when I got that mindset out of me and I rewatched it just yesterday, I enjoyed the crap out of it. I think it was more of a fan service episode in a way. Like it's something that the fans had been really wanting to see for a very long time. So I think they did a great job with it. And then in comparison, because I'm still only at like the end of season four, um, Adrian, who we watched, we had our own little supernatural watch party on Thursday. And uh, she made me watch episode 200. And I actually liked episode 200 a little bit more. Oh, definitely. Um, because it's just kind of a fun, like, you know, they're sort of, it's Supernatural, the musical, and they're sort of yeah. making fun of it and paying homage. And so it was, that episode felt more more in theme with all the other episodes, sort of like that mystery of the week kind of yeah. uh, vibe. But 300 was definitely something where it, it didn't really continue the story that's going on in season 14, per se, but it was a nice... It could continue to start going on yeah. throughout the entire series. And that's the thing. Like I was looking for our 300th episode and said we got an episode worthy of 300, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, that's nice. a good way to phrase that. I don't think G and I can comment And then I much think the it. next <laughs> episode of Supernatural doesn't come back until March 7th, I believe. Yeah, I hate when they do this. Oh, so this C- is your little... CW break is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you think like about it... Asshole. Asshole, <laughs> a lot of their shows just like, oh, what? Three months, two months. Like then we just get back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to forget the show existed. So yeah, so this week I figured I'd reel it back with our new segment, the inaugural reel it back. So we are going with the Oscars two weeks away. I think it's best that the inaugural reel it back focuses on one of the most atrocious Oscar losses of all time. And that's good, fellas. And when I mean atrocious, I mean the fact that the film was nominated for so many Oscars and it did not win Best Picture or Director, and it lost to motherfucking Dances with Wolves, which I've really? never seen. <laughs> so I uh, really like Dances with Wolves, though. Yeah, it's it's not as high it's as good. Boring, and I, it's boring as all get out. I mean, I I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen watched it. it in so long, but it, I remember it being very boring. But I did. Before we get into the actual 
conversation about the movie because we're going to look at dissect the movie from production to the award season. Uh, let's look at some news. Gee, there's a lot of pickups this week. TV pickups. A ton of TV pickups. Uh, so I'll start with like ABC. So I guess the big one, Modern Family got renewed for an 11th season, but it's also going to be its final season. I don't know if anyone. I think that's. I think it's family. about time. I stopped watching after like season seven. <laughs> I only watch it when it's I, on before. I stopped Raw. watching it consistently like a couple years ago, I think, or maybe even more than that. Um, I kind of thought that they would end it at ten, but when they didn't announce like this current season as the last season, I was like, either they're just gonna, they're probably working out something, and like they, uh, I guess they worked out new deals with the adult cast. They were getting like significant pay bumps for the last season, and then the, the stipulation was like the kids needed to get raises too, and I guess they also got a raise for the final season. Uh, but it may not be a full. Uh, it might not be over twenty episodes. I think I'm thinking it'll be thirteen to eighteen, if anything. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be its final year. And then uh, the Good Doctor got renewed for a third season with Freddie Highmore, our boy from Bates Motel. Yeah. Uh, also, a million little things got re- uh, renewed for a second season. Jen gave up on it, I think. Uh, no, I still watch it because I still want to like keep going. But I will say that I like I because I started it, and I always like to give shows at least several episodes before I really give up. I'm watching it and I really watch it for like James Roday and uh, Romani Malco. Like they're my favorite. Like I love him from Weeds and I love James from uh, Psych. So like they're really what drew me to it. And they're probably the only two characters I like on that show. I feel like Delilah sucks as a person. I just don't (laughs) like her. It just doesn't like... Not the actress, just the character itself. No, the character. I just, yeah. I'm like, no. And I can't stand, is it Eddie? Is that his name? Yeah. The, the musician? I, like, don't yeah. like him at all. Like, he could go away, and I'd be okay with that. So, like, there are just certain things that I'm, like, not, like, I'm watching just to, like, kind of finish, but I'm not, like, oh, my God, this is a, an amazing yeah. show. But, like, I don't know. I also don't feel like they're all fully, they're supposed to all be best friends, but I don't. I don't know. I Here's the so. thing. I haven't seen a single episode. I just know from the previews. But they're funny because, like, when the show was coming up, it seemed like one of those heart feely, like, heartwarming, feely kind of shows. And then it turned into almost like one of those who did it kind of shows from the previews. Yeah, Am I correct it, there? So it's weird. So the direction of the show, the way it promoted it, it, it was initially kind of promoted as, like, ABC's kind of like, this is us a little bit. Okay. Uh, and, and then I have noticed that once they, like, I think halfway through their run, especially when they were moving it to Thursday nights, the direction of the promos completely changed. Like, it went from being, like, this kind of heartfelt, like, oh, like, watch this with your family to almost, like, it, the, the promos almost got, like, a little soapy. And I guess yeah. that, that's working, I guess, because the ratings are up. I don't think it's actually changed the tone of the show. I just think the way they've promoted it is a lot different okay. than when it started. Um, uh, so most of these pickups got announced at the Television Critics uh, Association press tour. So ABC had their uh, renewals. The rest of them they're going to do in May, the ones that they didn't announce. Um, but during their press conference, uh, the ABC president also said that she's very interested in rebooting Lost. I know we put that on the site and stuff. No. Uh, and some people were uh, pretty vocal about how they don't want that. I don't think I don't think soon. you need a reboot. I think the the show itself was <clears throat> very well written. I think it jumped the shark a few places towards the end, but I I really liked it. It was a show that I came to very late 
into I think only when it was like on season three and I just binged it all really um, and then just started watching it from the get. I was okay with the ending. I get why they did what they did. Um, and I did love how the closing shot of the episode of the last episode very much followed the opening shot of the first episode. So I thought that was awesome. I don't think they need to do it. I think they need to focus on new original scripts and make classics like lost or like these other shows as opposed to, as opposed to rebooting the same thing over and over and over again. Like if it's, if it's, if it's broke, then fix it. But if it wasn't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Um, and then the CW, they renewed all, uh, almost everything. Charmed. Um, they renewed Charmed. I know. They How is Charmed. that? It's like doing well on Sunday, but it's doing well on Sunday mostly because of Supergirl. Fair it has like a good lead in. Uh, has anyone Charmed actually checked renewed, it out? Uh, Supergirl got no. renewed. Like, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, The Flash. Actually, I just heard last night that... Uh, uh, one of the main characters might be leaving. Yeah, next. I read that. Uh, which sucks because he's like one of my favorite characters. That might Wait, be on, that. on the Flash? Yeah. Who? Cisco. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. I'm kind of over he him. Wants, uh, apparently, he wants to do other things and spread his wings. And I'm like, okay, dude, okay. you're not gonna be able to do anything else. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> let me be blunt. He's not gonna get any work. I know. Just like. But that's why they're I not going to kill him. Like, they're just going to while he watches. Like I want to do other stuff. I'm like, no. I, you, if you hired me, I'd just be like, yo, I'm here until it ends, until we drive it to yeah. the ground. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would be like, on, I'd be happy to be on Supernatural. Like, yo, we're still on <laughs> later. Uh, that that was another one that got renewed for season 15. Uh, yeah. Arrow, of course. Uh, Dynasty got renewed somehow for a third season, and um, Riverdale and Black Lightning. So I know, and I know you didn't mention this on the CW, but uh, with the announcement of the villain of Batwoman, we essentially have a full series order without oh, announcing yeah. that yeah, there's so a full series order. Yeah, so they were talking order. about Batwoman during their press tour, and they were like, "Hey, it's just you know, they were like, is it just a pilot right now?" And they seemed very confident, like they liked the script. And you know, the only thing that would make it not go to series is if they completely blow making the pilot, like if it's just not that good. And I can't imagine it wouldn't be. Um, I think they're willing to go all in. They also talked about how, I guess, the future of, like, DC TV, because they know that some of the shows are showing their age, but, like, you know, they are, They I guess they said they were kind of plotting to keep it going, either trying to spin off some of the stuff that they're doing, or, you know, by creating stuff like, you know, Batwoman, or um, they were, like, even the ones that are aging out, they're still good. Like, a lot of people have liked Arrow this season. Um, I, I think it's been better than it has been. Um, but, yeah, I'm it's... Behind. It's also it's been on for a while, so yeah, I think it's kind of hard to keep that fresh. But I kind of I it's curious to know like what the CW wants to do because that's the bulk of their lineup. Could and they maybe do to... like a second gen of the Arrowverse? Maybe like you know an XS show. Um, I'm behind on this, so maybe like a Red Hood show instead of Green Arrow. Not Red Hood. Uh, oh, Red Hood. No, no, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> Speedy. Show like you know what I mean like do a second gen with the Batwoman. Do you think that's maybe what they could do to keep it going, or do you think maybe once this is done after Batwoman, just let the DC Network have it all? Because I don't see them giving up much more properties now. They have their own thing. No, now they have their own thing, and like you know, like the CW has like been so successful with it. I can't imagine. You can tell that they're trying to plot what they want to do after the shows are gone because kind of shows they're like trying to pick up. I think they're trying to like figure out the new face of the network and everything yeah uh 
But yeah, they got to figure out something because they can't have them forever. Yeah. Which is why during their press tour, even more so than the president talking about of ABC talking about rebooting Lost, I guess there's been an even bigger conversation in the CW about rebooting Gossip Girl, which yeah, seems way too atrocious. soon. <laughs> like, atrocious. When did, uh, Gossip Girl ended in what, 2012? 2012, yeah. So that's way too soon. Even though I kind of like when I heard heard the news, I was like, oh, well, I'm intrigued. But, but is it rebooting <laughs> or just restarting? They want to reboot it. <laughs> yeah, they want to reboot it, and they like they said that they've had conversations with Josh and Stephanie Savage, who created the show. It's all up to them and Warner Brothers. If they have a good idea, they are willing to like listen to it. Um, I put in the story like all the cast members for the most part, uh, at least when the show had its tenth anniversary, were mostly open to like doing something. But I mean, they probably were just saying that because it was the anniversary. I doubt they really would do anything. Like Blake Lively doesn't need to. Yeah, I think, and, too, like, the because of you said, like you said, it's a five-year difference. We, I mean, we, all of us, I, I think Ryan, too, has watched the show, and we started, like, mm-hmm. early on, except Jen. Like, we're not that far removed from these characters. We're going to we're look at this, and we're going to be like, ah. Uh. And I know they're trying to adhere to a new generation, but it's like, I don't know. You're just going to retell the same story again. And, like, you. Yeah, I mean, I like I told you offline, the only thing that would intrigue me about it, if they did it, because, you know, Gossip Girl kind of came out before. It was like a pre-Twitter kind of show. It would be interesting to kind of see what it would be like the way the internet is now. Uh, that would be the only thing I would be interested in, like, kind of seeing. I mean, like, I, I think the only difference would be, like, instead of, like, a Gossip Girl column, you just have Gossip Girl Twitter. And then you just go through there. And everyone posts tweets and pictures on the Gossip Girl right. Twitter and stuff like that. Would you do, like, a Gossip Girl vlog? I don't want anything with Gossip Girl back. Do you think is the semi-success of Tron, of bringing back Tron the, like the somewhat kind of success? You know, didn't bomb. You think that's what's making them like, oh, I let's think, just keep going to our old I stuff. I think also that Roswell isn't bombing either. Even though Roswell wasn't included in their renewals, it's because it was a mid-season replacement. So, I didn't make it through five minutes of the of the new Roswell. It, honestly, it's doing really well. I, I don't like. I watched the first two episodes. It's not horrible, but it's like. The stuff that works, works, but it's so angsty. And I don't know if I, it's because, like, I know the original show was kind of angsty, too. But I remember enjoying it a lot more. But maybe because I was younger. And, it was really uh, angsty. I used to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved my teen angst I mean, I was shows. Well, it was only on for three seasons. Yeah. Uh, you- but, yeah, this one's super angsty. But they they are, it, it's, aspects of it work. I mean, I'm still willing to give it more of a shot. Ryan, you said you, like, tapped out pretty early. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't. Me and Casey both like we watched like a couple minutes of it, and they're like, "Okay, no, something different." Like we just could not connect with it. All right, I have. Um, and then, I have. Like, oh, go ahead. Renewals, I guess. Uh, CBS. I don't watch anything on CBS, but Mom got renewed for two more seasons, which means my friend Morgan is gainfully employed for two more years, which is awesome. Woo-hoo, for us. Morgan. <laughs> um, they apparently they got uh, the two leads got significant pay bumps too, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, Anna Ferris. Uh, according from inside information from our friend Morgan, she likes doing the show. Um, she loves doing the show, um, but she wanted more opportunities to do stuff outside the show. Um, so that was a part of the contract negotiation too, like uh, being able to like direct more on the show, also do projects outside of the show. Um, what's interesting is that Allison Janey that doesn't need that kind of deal, and she's able to do like a lot. Like she has, she has, she doesn't ask for like any extra time off or like anything like that, and she's been able to balance doing the show and 
the occasional movie. I mean, she won an Oscar last year. Yeah. So, like, you know, she's able to do all that stuff. But I guess Anna Ferris wants more opportunities to do it. And that's kind of was, like, part of the deal if they renewed it for two more years. And I don't know if that's going to be, like, two more and done like they did with Big Bang Theory. They haven't announced that yet. Okay. But it looks like it's here to stay. Uh, and that's pretty much all the renewal stuff. Uh, the, the interesting thing about uh, the FX television uh, press tour, they talked a they they talked a lot of best about Netflix and their numbers Throwing and how like and, yeah and how their data might not be accurate and like basically you can't trust any company that won't like give you their numbers publicly. Um, they sound like they were just hating because like you know. Ryan Murphy was really big at Fox and FX, and now he's at Netflix. It just sounds like a really like they were just throwing shade for no reason. And then when they brought up Ryan Murphy's shows, none of them, the only ones that are like the only one that's like fully going forward is American Horror Story. That's all they could talk about. Um, his show Feud is in limbo because he hasn't come up with an idea for it, and American Crime Story is also in limbo because they have ideas. And the two they were going to do, they're not going to do anymore. Oh, so, so Katrina, Katrina's off. Katrina's yeah, off. Katrina's yes. The reason Katrina's done is because first the source material that they're going to adapt from it, they didn't like it. They ended up being like, oh, it's not going to work. So that guy is trying to shop that somewhere else. Um, and then uh, they're going to go another direction and even cast the show. They had like a full cast for it. And um, it's not going to go through because the, the ideas that are coming through aren't working. A similar thing happened with Feud. They were going to do uh, Charles and Diana for the second season of Feud. Um, they even cast... Uh, people in those roles like Rosamund Pike got cast at Princess Diana and and then the source and then the uh, writing just wasn't there so they scrapped that mm. they really want to keep American Crime Story going though because it's one best limited series two years in a row or two years that it's been on yeah um but it, it sounds a lot of it, it's like Ryan Murphy is like too busy with Netflix and can't really do it doesn't have time to come up with anything for them so there was a lot of it felt like there was a lot of shade on their part about uh, the projects that he has over at FX that aren't moving forward. And then they were kind of bummed, too. I guess Atlanta's delayed, too, for season three because of Donald Glover. He's, like, he's super busy and has a lot of stuff going on. So, like, a lot of their awards darling shows are, like, kind of, like, on hold. They have Mayans. Man. <laughs> <laughs> win all I stopped it. watching that. <laughs> I, I, that got renewed, too. I got back. in. Um, I think I got through three episodes, and then I stopped. But it was just... Yeah, they got mine. They also have Fargo. Fargo is moving forward too. Chris Chris Rock's going to be in the new on the new season of Fargo. Oh, okay. Um, they have that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I I understand why they want American Crime Story to keep going because they've they've had a pretty good run with it. It's just like Ryan Murphy's too busy, man. He's got Word. too much to do. Ryan Murphy, he also wants to revive. That's another thing. He wants to revive Scream Queens. Uh, it kind of makes sense that he wants to now that he's at Netflix because everyone was like, no, that show would be so much better if it was not on Fox. And I think that could be one of the things that he's doing over at Netflix because he put it on his Instagram and like he said, he's talked to like some of the stars in the show and they want to do it. And he's just wondering if it should be like a limited series or if it should be like a movie. But he's very interested in reviving Screen Queens. I know. I don't think. Did you guys like Screen Queens? Uh, not really. Uh, no. Take your pill. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody's. <laughs> Only Ryan got that joke. Good, shout out to Conrad and Bruce. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I have some film news I just want to go through before we get into our discussion on Goodfellas. So Halloween Two is reportedly ha- closes in on on a new screenwriter. No, it will not have. It doesn't seem like David Gordon Green and. 
Um, Danny McBride are going to be back. I think they're going to EP it, and then that's pretty much it. That's a nice way well, of saying we're not. Well, there's no. He might direct it, maybe if he has time. I don't know. Yeah, they I didn't... mean, that's a nice way of saying they're not going to be back. It's kind of like Tim Burton in uh, Batman Forever. He was an EP on it, and he was had no involvement with it. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. We have no idea what it'll be about. It, but we. Yeah, it's the guy who's writing there the Firestarter remake and something else. Yeah, no one's. Re- it's- no one's really yeah. shocked that it's come that it's coming because they made a lot of money. So I mean, yeah, I think I think the thing that's yeah, it made a lot of money, and I think that thing that's most surprising in that story is that the main cast is supposedly all coming back. Um, I wonder if they just had deals to come back, like they had to. This might be like an uh, a hidden clause in the contract, like H two O Resurrection had a hidden clause for uh, right. Jamie Lee. But Curtis. I mean, like Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, she seemed like if the right creative team was back, she would be willing. I, I, and I think that also has to do not just with the director and stuff. I think she really liked working with uh, Blumhouse and all that stuff. No, and that's the way to do involved. it. It's the way to do it. I think um, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week. I forgot the name uh, regarding just horror in general. Blumhouse does it right because it lets directors actually create instead of w- concentrate on using CGI effects for like these, you know, to create the horror aspect of it. The, sh- the low budget makes directors actually have to think and use practical practical effects to create the real horror so i think blumhouse is doing it right you know it's hit and miss sometimes don't get me wrong they're not perfect but i think the low budget helps financially and with the create and with the direction of films and i think it works for halloween i mean you know despite it has its critics but i particularly love it i saw it a third time and i each time i watch it i progressively like it a lot more so happy to hear that um to quiet fanboys that have said that, oh, we don't want Deadpool to go to Disney because they're going to ruin it. Um, Disney promises Marvel are going to keep making rated R Deadpool movies. Uh, I saw someone commented on uh, when I posted it in Spin, right? Okay. Yeah, someone commented like, oh, fanboys, that's a word. Why would you call people that just want the same formula to be kept? And I'm like... Well, did you know that Disney was involved with Miramax, the same studio that released Goodwill Hunting, Clerks, Clerks. Chasing Amy? <laughs> but you didn't. You just like to speak without knowing anything. So yeah, that's they hear that. Disney, they think Mickey. Yeah. So it's good that they're going to keep making rated R movies for Deadpool because that's what they should do with that specific character. And it could open Although, up. Go ahead. I read online. I forget where. So if the source is wrong, I apologize. Uh, Ryan Reynolds saying Deadpool 3 is in the works, but they're going in a totally different direction. So well, it's really interesting that he says I, that and Disney says that. I time. Well, the direction may not be that it's going PG-13, but I mean, okay, yeah. I hope it's going in a different direction because when the movie came out, G and I kind of had the same thought that it's like Deadpool like 2 it, is it, good. It worked, but like it, it's getting close to like, like it was, it, they got lucky that it worked the second Yeah, time. Uh, there you yeah. go. No, that, I agree. Trust me, I went in went on two, and I'm like, eh, okay. And, and in, I did enjoy it, though. I will say that. And in some more Marvel news, some that may depress G, Endgame looks like it's going to be three hours. Man, they were talking about putting an intermission in. I hope they don't, <laughs> because people just need to sit there. Uh, in, yeah. A three-hour movie, it's only 30 minutes longer than Infinity War. And if you really look at it, I, I hate to be like, I really dissect movies when I watch them in terms of the time, the length of time. Like for example, I was uh, I'm I hate to I was watching Whiplash and First Man and La La Land this week, and for some reason I decided to have uh the time the timestamp on when I was watching it. There's always a like a ten minute gap from like when the movie actually ends with credits, so it's probably three hours with like ten minutes of credits. 
but especially with a movie the scale of Endgame. So we're really looking at twenty minutes longer than Infinity War. I don't care. I'm not. I when it comes to this, I don't think any of us felt the length with Infinity War. So no, I didn't. And you're telling a story of twenty two movies. You're putting a finality of twenty two movies. Take your time. So uh, yeah. And to finish off some more movie news, um, the trailers to Pet Cemetery came out. The trailer to Child Play came out. I'm not on board. I didn't see the Pet Cemetery because I read it as a spoiler, so I wanted to avoid it. Yeah, and, major spoiler. And it uh, is a good trailer though. It looks scary. I mean, I it looks good. Did you know um, that the um, and I didn't know this until I was talking to uh, a friend of ours, Tom, about just the Pet Cemetery in general. Did you know that the original is actually like twenty something percent on RT? Yeah, I didn't get good reviews when it came out. Yeah, I mean, I like he, it. He I like it a lot. It. However, um, I like when anything like with involving Stephen King, or even sometimes not involving Stephen King, sometimes you get that seal of approval where he's like, oh, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. So after the trailer came out for Pet Cemetery, he was like basically telling everyone that was worried about like, you know, what is given away. Uh, but he was saying that he's seen a, a cut of it and it's very scary. Oh, yeah. Like, he mean, was very proud of it. I mean, and it's coming out at a good time because A Quiet Place did some good money in April last year. So. And it, I think it's yeah, and, it, and it's a familiar brand. People know it. Uh, it's giving itself two weeks before Endgame too, so that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and then, and then Child's Play. Um, did you watch that trailer? Yeah. So I did see the trailer and I hated it because. Um, <laughs> Is he a robot? It's taking away the concept of the actual possession of the fucking doll. And I'm like, where's Charlie Ray? He's a robot, right? Like, I, what? What is it? Like, and I'm like, do why do we change in the direction of the premise of the movie? Ah, uh, so what it's a robot. Me, what most concerns me is like, first of all, as a teaser trailer, I thought it was good because it didn't give a lot away, and yeah, they didn't really no. show a lot, and they didn't really show him a lot. So that's cool. And then one aspect, but what I'm worried about is, uh, Brad was it Duruf? I forgot to pronounce his last name, but Brad Duruf is not Chucky. Chucky, who won't be doing it in this movie. The voice and everything is so iconic. I just don't know like what they're going to do you know as what, far as giving him a voice. You know what this reminds me of? Um, just as good. This reminds me of the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot where you take away uh, Robert Englund and you you have to get, you know, you're not going to get used to that voice and that right. look being someone else. And the movie happened to be fucking complete garbage, but I and mean And by the way, this Andy looks too old. Yeah. Andy should like, be like a 6-7 year old boy. Yeah, he looks looks he looks like he is like ten. And I for one, and I don't even know why this is happening because I for one like the last two Child's plays, the Seed of Chucky and Curse of Chucky. Yeah, not Seed of Chucky, uh, Curse of uh, Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Yeah, I like those a lot. I thought they went back to the origins of the first two. Well, that's what's making everyone involved in the other franchise so mad because it's not dead. Like they're developing a TV show. Like there's still plans to make more movies on their end, even though they're going straight to like you know blu-ray and all that stuff but they were still it's not like the franchise was dying like people like fans like the last few movies yeah and i think it's smart i think their strategy was smart because they they probably saw that all right it's a very old franchise that you know while it was like i don't think there's a cult following for the child's play franchise i think we like it but it's not like anyone praises it to the point that it's my favorite horror movie i don't know anyone that does they, they so, only, i mean the only praise i think goes to the first one which yeah is, you know it it's, it holds its own. It it's does, right. but I think that it was smart for them to go straight to Blu-ray because it and and Netflix because it built its audience through there, and mm-hmm. you know you could have continued on, but well, whatever. We'll see what it. We'll we'll see how. Yeah. It turns uh, out. Also, I still think it's hilarious that 
this Child's Play opens the same day as Toy Story 4. So you have, like, these two opposite movies about toys. <laughs> so essentially it's already setting itself up for failure opening up against Toy Story 4. Well, I mean, I mean, it's good. I guess it could be counter-programming, right? Because they're not going to get the same audience necessarily. Yeah. Drop the kids off at Toy Story while you go see Child's Play. Child's Play. <laughs> or drop the kids off at Child's Play while you see Toy Story. Right, if, <laughs> if they promote it right, it could open pretty well. I mean, the fact that they gave it a summer release shows, like, some kind of confidence that they have in it. But I don't know. I mean, like, it... The trailer, like, when I went on Twitter, it was, like, really mixed. Like, people were, like, some people loved it. There were some people that were like, oh, they finally made it scary again because they haven't seen, like, you know, the latest movies. They've only probably stopped at, like, Bride and Chucky. Yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Bride of Chucky. I like Bride of Chucky. It's funny. I don't like Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky is terrible. Any, oh, I got too weird. Any movie with... Oh, and meth- by the way, Jennifer Tilly also tweeted that she is not on board with this Child's Play remake. And she posted a picture of her and Tiffany together when she said it. <laughs> Any movie with Method Man is <laughs> trash. Hey, how are you? Well, no, I, I don't watch I don't watch stoner films, so like I'm like out on that. Oh, you never watch like Half Baked? No, nah, my buddies uh, my buddies used to always get on me because I've never seen Half Baked, and I'm like, but you're like you Half like Dave Chappelle, so and I'm like, I just I just wouldn't like it. I know myself; it'd probably be like he wouldn't. It's too much of a stoner movie. Yeah, so that pretty much rounds up the news for me. Oh, oh, oh! I didn't see the trailer, and I have no interest. I didn't even know they were making it until G brought it up. Fucking Shaft. <laughs> uh yeah so I, I i heard they made it and or were making it and i forgot about it and so the trailer popped up i was like oh they're they're, they're bringing in every gen- like they have him and they have the original shaft richard roundtree and then uh another, and then another kid playing his son so it's gonna be like three generations of shaft Joy. um a movie i'm not gonna see <laughs> and regina hall <laughs> regina hall is in it as well i like her um you know i think a lot of the reason they're doing it is because since the last one came out in 2000, Samuel L. Jackson's, like, box office clout has Increased gone up it, yeah. a lot. I mean, the guy is in almost everything. <laughs> and he has, like, a lot of worldwide appeal now. I think that's why they want to do it again. Yeah, sure. Make your money. I like Samuel. Yeah, they have to make their money. Although, in one more trailer I forgot. Uh, the trailer for L.A.'s Finest came out. It's a the spinoff for uh, Bad Boys with uh, Gabrielle Union Ugh. and uh, Jessica Alba. They released that trailer, too. It's going to be on uh, Spectrum On Demand. Because uh, they're, they're developing their own like original programming. Oh, so no um, one's gonna see it. I will. I expect them. You gonna watch <laughs> that? that <laughs> you gonna watch that garbage? I'm, only viewer. I'm like, yo, renew it now because <laughs> my girls are in it. I'm actually like, before we move on to to Goodfellas, I I I hate 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 that I have to get that CBS app for Twilight Zone. Oh, so, yeah. So I've been avo- I've been trying to avoid CBS All Access, even though they Kevin Williamson has a show in there that sounded interesting. I was like, no, I'm not interested enough. But I really do want to watch Twilight Zone, and that's the only way it's going to happen. And by the way, like, uh, only only a bit of Oscar note for for next week that I wanted to tease. I've been working on my early, 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 early year end per year beginning beginning of year predictions for 2020, and I think Us is going to get, Us is in my best picture prediction for next year. So hopefully, really, yeah, I think I think apparently uh, apparently it's not going to be one of those like horror movies that has like social commentary. It's like supposed to be like a straight. A straight horror movie. Hey, according to him, or so we think. Or so we think. I mean, the trailer hasn't given a shit. So, I just, uh, I finally saw on the screen when we. Well, the only good thing about seeing Serenity is that I saw a trailer for us during it. Uh, it, it plays really well on the big screen. Yeah, it does. We've seen it. I well, I've seen it because Jen. I, I've been going to the movies by myself a lot lately, 
And uh, yeah, I've seen it like two or three times, and it really holds up. Well. I, I just makes me want to listen. I got five on it over and over again with that specific like pace of the song. But uh, that oh, kind. Of... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> by the way, I just wanted to bring this up because you know uh, the restaurant I manage at is like right by a movie theater, so we got to gauge like the response to certain movies. And uh, the big movie this weekend wasn't the Lego Movie. It was What Men Want, and it brought yes. in a particular crowd to our restaurant. That normally doesn't come. <laughs> what, um, but they all loved it. They were like all talking about it during the movie. And they were saying how Think great she it, was and how Steve. funny she was. And uh, I, it, yeah, I mean, my brother saw an early screening of it like a couple months ago, and he thought it was funny. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to see it Monday. Well, we're going today. <laughs> oh, you sound so excited! I want to go. I want to see it. Well, did you like what women want? I'm I did. A, I was okay with it. <laughs> it's not like it's not i mean it's not supposed to be like a great comedy or anything what women want like i don't know i just i, I always liked it was i always thought it was funny it had a good cast there was a lot of people you know sarah paulson was in it right that doesn't change my I opinion she yep she's in it for like she plays um where she works at the company but she's in a few scenes and like uh came out of nowhere. you have judy greer bet um not bet midler um my God! All right, why you think anyway, about it? Anyway, there's a lot of people. So, it's so got so a Helen decent Hunt cast. Was like a thing too, by yeah. The way. <laughs> so, so we're. But what we did, what I did see. Um, I guess we can go through real quick what we did see recently. Uh, I saw Serenity thanks to G. His <laughs> scathing review made well, me want. Like, <laughs> so I highly recommend anyone that wants a terrible cliffhanger. January was just full of terrible fucking twists. It was not even cliffhangers, twists like that. T- my God. I told Jenny the twist, and um, yeah, it's it's bad. It's That's bad. terrible. Like like, I I understand why the studio did what they did. Totally understand. That is awful. It's or it's already on the bottom of my list for worst film of the year. Oh, it's on the bottom of mine. Um, I also and like, but it sucks too because like everyone was good in it. Like it like they wasted so much talent. Yeah, that's like a crazy thing. Like, the performances, no one was really bad. I was telling Jenny that, too. Performances, no one was bad. Like, that's not yeah, the problem. Uh, um, and I could tell that they thought it was smart when they signed on to yeah, it. They're like, oh, we can make this work. Like, no, no, there's no way. <laughs> um, and then we saw Lego Movie 2, which I liked a lot. Um, Tiffany Haddish needs to go away, man. <laughs> oh, she in it? Yeah, yeah, man, she's, she's the fucking villain. She's Queen Watanabe, whatever. She's whatever you want to be, dude. She's so is. distracting. It is so distracting. No, but the songs were all really catchy in the movie. Uh, that has nothing to do Even with her. Even her little like mini rap. That has nothing to do with her. The star of the movie is once again Will Arnett. Batman. <laughs> Batman is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. And then like I always anyone it's always it's it's been done in the lego batman movie it was i and it's been done now in lego lego movie too um they always poke fun at that long table from batman from 89 (laughs) so they poke fun at it again uh that batman's having dinner with someone i won't say who but it's the long ass fucking table i mean it's (laughs) so hilarious especially if you like the movie but uh it's good my favorite is unikitty she gets angry there there will not be a lego movie three I think they put you a nice so? no. Nah, they put a nice bow on it, and uh, what G mentioned. Box office indication, no. Yeah. If it makes money, they'll be. A well, three, no, they're not going to be. It's not making money, like G said. Uh, and I think that's it on my end. I don't. Like, oh I yeah, if, like, wait. I can make my box office like 
headings as mean as some of these. Like I've been reading, like I went to Dell and see what they said. They're like Lego Movie Two comes apart with thirty four million. <laughs> like, Lego Movie Number One, uh, Hollywood Reporter Number One with Hollow Victory thirty four million. <laughs> like they're like, really mean. And like like thirty four million is not bad, but it was it was tracking a lot higher than that. And it then, was uh, tracking like the fifty range. And then to finish off, I saw Whiplash, I saw La La Land, and I saw Again. First Man. Again. <laughs> it's so... My buddy hit me up. He's like, hey, I haven't seen La La Land, but I think I just did it with your stories. So how many... I <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I uh, challenged Dave to oh, write down I'll how many movies he's watched in 2019 old and new so just in general because i'm a big tv watcher more than a film watcher during the week as something like i really watch more tv like that but dave really doesn't watch that much tv he's more like he'll watch tv in the morning but really at night it's all movies and he's always putting so i challenged him to see i want to see by the end of 2019 how many movies he's watched in a year because i read an article by this girl that said that she challenged herself to watch at least 100 movies in a year um and so i do you, do you want to bet know? that david is probably past that at this point no i'm not past that well too. let's see. i am 42 movies in for the year 42 movies holy crap <laughs> So and it's. Do you want me to go through all of them? That's a lot of hours. No, don't go through all <laughs> okay. of them. You can say a few if you'd like. Uh, okay, so I saw Godfather one, two, and three, Ghostbusters, La La Land, Whiplash, First Man, Harry, all seven, all eight Harry Potter, Schindler's List, the two fire documentaries, Ghostbusters one and two, Philadelphia, Scent of a Woman, On the Basis of Sex, Air Force One, Clear, Clear and Present Danger, Patriot you Games, Air Force One. Yeah, because I bought it on four K, <laughs> so I wanted to see how it looked. Uh, uh, who just pops that in? <laughs> and uh, I saw Fahrenheit eleven nine and uh, oh, my final watch since the last time I was on was They Shall Not Grow Old. That's that Peter Jackson documentary about World War One. Oh yeah, it's really how is that? It's good. Like if you're, it actually is a lot more gory than I thought it would be. And there's a very powerful scene that um they show pictures and well not pictures videos of the soldiers pre before a certain battle and it shows a lot of them dead after the battle which is very very powerful it's really good it's boring to some to me it wasn't i thought it was fantastic it's i mean there's a lot a lot of year left but it's a, i think if you're a history person you not would, even you just to see how he was able to create fix that footage because yeah. it's all it looks like it was filmed 10 today. 20 no not today but like 10 20 years ago <laughs> It looks. It doesn't look like it's a hundred year old footage. So it was very. So you've seen forty two movies, right? Yeah. And we're in the sixth week of the year. Yeah. That's a lot of movies. That's almost a movie That's a day. Lot. Yeah. A lot of movies. That's yeah. a movie. I only watched day. one thing this week, and there's already something I saw. I'm actually gonna try to get four hundred. See if I can finish at four hundred for I the year. I think you could. So. So but this yeah. is you know everyone listening. This is new and old. This isn't just. New. Yeah. I think new, you probably hit at least 100 movies because Easily. we usually yeah. go at least once or twice a week if and there's to, something. And to comment question. before moving on, um, Whiplash, uh, I can see why people like it so much. I forgot how like good J.K. Simmons is. I still think it's better than La La Land. I don't, but it's okay. Yeah. Not everyone can be wrong. Uh, um, well. What? <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, no, uh, I, I see, I, and I... I preface this by saying, like, I enjoy La La Land more for the musical aspect of it how and the way it ends. However, the best performance out of all three of his movies is J.K. Simmons. It's, like, amazing how good he is in that movie. So I'm I'm totally with you on that. Uh, all right, guys. What do you guys see real quick? Well, um, Jen just saw one movie, so go ahead. 
Lego I, mean, movie. I, I, watched, I watched The Hate You Give again. And it makes me more upset when I watch it, knowing that Bohemian Rhapsody is nominated for Best Picture, and that wasn't. Check it out on Blu-ray this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Actually, it was funny because I got sent a copy of Bohemian Rhapsody to like showcase on G reels, and I like I feel like they just know in the universe, like, dude, come on, like reconsider, talk about how good the movie is, <laughs> and it's good. I just you know, like I said before, it just should be there. Better movie should be there. I'll preface by saying that this is the worst Oscar season that I've ever seen. Since Crash, I think it's probably the worst Oscar year. Man, I was the only one in that corner just like, please let Crash win. And when it won, I think I was the only one that jumped up. Yeah. I everyone else. I, I can remember that party vividly because I was like, yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yelling at the screen. I was like, yeah, you guys are all rooting for broke. I, I won my Oscar pool that year, by the way. Because everyone was like, Brokeback Mountain this, Brokeback Mountain that. It is like, a better Crash. movie. Boom. It is a better Crash movie. Good. Debatable. <sighs> but. Go ahead, go ahead, Ryan Wells. What did you see? Um, I actually saw the upside. Very out of my element, but I did enjoy it. Like, it's I doing really say, well. Was it good? It was fine. I'm not. I'm in the same boat as you, Dave. I hate when Chris Rock. Uh, not Chris Rock. I'm sorry. Kevin Hart. Man, is don't you dare <laughs> mistake Chris Rock for Kevin Hart. <laughs> I apologize. No, I. Mean, um, but no. Like, he wasn't his typical self. It was a good movie. It was a nice little feel-good, you know, you don't really have to pay that close attention to. You can just sit back and enjoy uh, just a feel-good movie. It's so well. It's like the really feel-good kind of people like to see that sometimes in the movies. Yeah, like Bohemian Rhapsody, right? It all work out in the end. Spoilers. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of why I was I avoiding it, he was too. it, too. I heard that he was a lot, like, you would, if you didn't think that he was, like, a comedian, that like, you would... He gave a pretty decent, like, toned down oh. performance. Oh, yeah, and they both and they both fed off each other very well. Like, I like there was a lot of stuff that you know when you want. I hit every note they wanted me to hit. Honestly, like, every time they wanted me to laugh, they got me. Every time they wanted me to tear up, they got me. Nice. Alrighty, guys. So, let's talk about Goodfellas. Oh yeah. I, I guess like, do we count that as what we watched? Because I had to. We had to rush it for oh, yeah. this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Goodfellas. <laughs> The only one that I didn't see, the only one that didn't see Goodfellas, but she remembers every. Since I saw it last, my my favorite viewing of Goodfellas, we saw we went to like in Hollywood, they have these like rooftop cinema things. Oh, that's Uh, dope! We have those in New York during the summer. Yeah, so much fun, and uh, we did Top Gun there before. Uh, We did The Lost Boys there. Nice, and then we did Goodfellas. Was that was the last one we went to? I think Um, every time you go to something like that, like you just have your headphones on and like you're looking at it projected on like this big wall, basically. but everyone that everyone that's there loves these movies, so people are like quoting stuff ahead of time. Like it's just you're in this weird like kind of environment where everyone gets it and knows it. Uh, Goodfellas was especially fun because uh, there's a lot of quotable stuff in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so a really good time. Before this week, the last time Jenny and I saw it was actually at the 25th anniversary at Tribeca, where uh, De Niro was there, Scorsese was there. Uh, who was it? it was oh, where Niro, the fuck was Scorsese. Ray Liotta? Is he busy? Ray Liotta was there. Uh, no, Lorraine, Bra- <laughs> Lorraine Bracco was there. Joe Pesci wasn't Joe there. Joe Pesci was the only one that wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so, so that was pretty cool. I mean... No, he's going to be in The Irishman. Yeah. But before that, wasn't he in my return? Yeah. Man, The Irishman is, so, is slowly crepping up as my number one most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah, it looks really good. Outside of, like, the, you know, Star Wars and Endgame and stuff like that. Knives like, out. Well, Knives Out is I'm anticipating it. You, we'll talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, so some quick production notes on Goodfellas uh, for anyone that doesn't know. 
Uh, Goodfellas is based on a New York crime reporter, Nicholas Pelleggi's book, Wise Guy. And then before Goodfellas, I did not know this before doing my research, that Scorsese did not even want to make another mob film, despite, you know, loving the actual the genre. idea, the genre. He didn't want to make any any more mob films. And it was per, it was going to be made before 1990, but Scorsese chose to make uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, which I haven't seen. Have you guys seen that? I have I not. not. Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Is Jesus, yeah. Um, <laughs> what drew Scorsese to the... <laughs> He is also Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah, the damn painter. <laughs> so it's really hard to see the Green Goblin as Jesus. Nosferatu and Jesus and a painter and Green Goblin. <laughs> what what uh, Scorsese said that what what drew it's very to, diverse. What drew Scorsese to the book is um, the aspect that it it felt like a docu- documentary. He said that the book Wise Guys gives you a sense of the day to day life, the tenium, how they work how to take over certain nightclubs and for what reasons it shows how it's done. And he's, um, he actually saw Goodfellas as, as the third film in an unplanned trilogy of films that examine the lives of Italian Americans, Italian Americans from slightly different angles. He's often described the film as a mob home movie, which you kind of can tell when you watch it. Oh, definitely. Um, they collaborated on a screenplay and there was 12 drafts to reach the final script. And they, and they also were, they changed the names of a few people in the movie, like uh, Robert De Niro's Jimmy, that he was, he was changed. Uh, so was Tommy D. Um, I think Paulie's last name was slightly altered. Who? Paulie was older? Slightly altered. The name, the last name, if I'm not mistaken. And what I, one of the things I love, love, love about the movie is they did, didn't and this happens a I think it used to happen a lot more in the 90s and the 80s in terms of they attempted to replicate New York and New Jersey and Scorsese said no nah, I'm not going to do that so the film was the movie was shot in Queens all in and in New Jersey and parts of Long Island during the spring of 89 with a budget of 25 million as opposed to the Irishman which has a budget of 170 million <laughs> how are they going to make that back? Uh, Netflix, I guess. That's a lot of money. I think it all because of the de-aging of De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci. So, yeah, casting-wise, Robert De Niro was the first to sign on. Um, The only thing that I have... We're going to get into it later, but one of the big issues I have is... I guess because we... With 2020 hindsight, we know what Ray Liotta's career turned out to be. He's very distracting in the movie. I don't know sure. if you guys feel the same way. I thought he was good, though. He was fine. I don't know. It's just that De Niro and Pesci were so much better that you're just like, whatever. Um, to prepare actually, for the- fun fact with uh, De Niro, he actually called Henry Hill like almost every day a bunch of times during the day to get uh, like just like little tidbits. Like, oh, how did he hold his cigarette? How did he do this? How would he have said this? And it's funny. You were talking about research. Lorene Bracco, who plays Henry's wife, uh, sh- her story is kind of similar. She actually tried to get close to a mob wife to research her part, but she was unable to because they exist in a very tight-knit community, so pretty much we're not going to snitch on our life to you type of deal. Yeah. Ironically, like nine years later, we have The Sopranos, and mob the mobsters are like all in on like the sh- <laughs> on the show. Um, Goodfellas premiered at the 47th Venice Film Festival, where Scorsese received the Silver Lion Award for Best Director. 
It was given a wide release in, on November in North America on September 21st, 1990, in 1,070 theaters with an opening gross of $6.3 million, and it went on to make $46.8 million domestically. On a twenty-five million dollar budget, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I do have some awards talk, but we can get into it later. But let's just get into the the nitty gritty. When was the first time you saw Goodfellas? Years ago, like I was was a kid. Even like my uh, grandmother, my uncle were really big into anything mafioso. Um, so like, you know, like I said, like I will be watching Sopranos with them and my uncle especially is the person who really got me into Goodfellas. Like even when I, I watched it as a kid and I didn't watch it for a couple of years. And then when I was like a teenager, I watched it with him again. And that's when I really grew to appreciate the movie. G? Um, oddly enough, I saw Casino first. So, um, I was like, oh, this is so good. And like one of my friends was like, well, have you seen Goodfellas? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, I mean, you probably won't like this after you see Goodfellas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't feel yeah. that way entirely. I, feel, I still think Casino is good. But like I, I understood what he was saying after I saw Goodfellas. I don't know how I missed it uh, growing up and I saw Casino and said first. But uh, after I saw Goodfellas, it became one of those movies that I, would, like, I watched a lot after I yeah. saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um. I just I really love a good like mob movie, gangster movie, and it's really, really probably one of the best. Yeah, not the best, maybe. Um, uh, but the whole thing, uh, it was interesting seeing Casino first because Joe Pesci is basically the same. Yeah, he like ups he ups in like all movie. He ups the asshole. (laughs) I think he ups the asshole in Casino. Because I don't think he's funny or witty the way he in in Casino like he is in Goodfellas. Goodfellas, yeah, uh, sure. but I mean, still, I mean, like, uh, I, it, he's just amazing. Like, we talked about the whole thing with Ray Liotta, kind of like sticking out, I guess. But like, I mean, in the case of De Niro, and especially with Joe Pesci, they definitely have showier roles in that in the movie. So I mean, they are going to stand out a bit more than Ray Liotta would. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I saw. I I think I was like. 13 when they saw it the first time and uh it became a big favorite and it's actually uh when it's i asked my mom it's in her top five favorite movies of all time so she loves it it's in my she she also she also loves a good mom movie and like she loves it like she loves the godfather and stuff like that nice but uh goodfellas is like one of her favorite movies she loves it and she looks she loves all three of those guys even Lorelia. she like Every time she talks about Goodfellas, she she like slips into one of those ooh like Ray Liotta, Robert <laughs> <De Niro." laughs> Joe Pesci. I was she actually I was actually thirteen as well. I was uh, going through my my leaving corny movies type of mindset to watching more serious movies. Type <laughs> oh of my mindset. god! <laughs> oh, I used to watch some trash. What were those horny movies? You I were said watching? corny, not horny. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> Where is your mindset, <laughs> woman? <laughs> I was like, "Why are you admitting that on the podcast?" No, no, no. I was like, "I just think he's so casual." Wrong, Goodfellas. He's like, just... <laughs> I was transitioning from watching movies like Showgirls. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess he's really or like Wild Things. Like Dave was just into it because he's like so casually saying it. Yeah, you know, like leaving like my my horny movies, and I'm like, "What horny movie?" You should have seen her face. She's just like, "What is he admitting on here right now?" No, nah, I used to watch like I mean, really... we all love Wild Things. I mean, so like, <laughs> I used to watch like really 
really, really bad. Like I use, I, I think Ryan likes this movie, but I, I like, I've grown to hate it as an adult. Um, like I used to watch movies like The New Guy and like Oh, uh, The New Guy's guy. awesome. That movie's terrible. I used to watch. Like I think the only thing, the only like t- that type of comedy that's transitioned from like me as a kid to an adult are like Kevin Smith movies. Respectable. That's about it. I I just can't kind of deal with it. But besides the point, like one day I fell into Scarface on TV and. I was like, oh, this is really good. Let me see what else I can find. Then I found The Godfather. Then I found Godfather 2. Uh, I found 3. And then I found Goodfellas. And I would say f- that's The Godfather and Godfather 2 are my two favorite movies. But I think the first, I would say, 45 minutes of Goodfellas is right on par with those two movies. I think it's really, even watching it now, I just you're so glued in, like Scorsese mentioned, like to the documentary aspect of it. Like you're you're taking into their lives, and I'm really glued into it. But when we get into what has aged the worst, it's those last forty five minutes of the movie. I have a hard time with it. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, when did you see Goodfellas for the first time, Jennifer? Um, so I don't exactly remember like an age. I guess I don't know. My parents always took me to the movies at like. A really young age and then if there was like a, a sexy part or something like really really violent not even violent i think they really just covered my eyes during like sexy or like sex sexy stuff. sexy time <laughs> <laughs> right like i think that's really when they really because, all those horny movies <laughs> yeah all those horny movies because really like during the violent parts like my dad and my mom used to go see like sylvester stallone movies and just like everything Jean-Claude Van like there'd be shit blowing up or people dying and like they wouldn't cover my eyes for that but they'd cover my eyes for like the sex so I guess priority how messed up is that but like blood and guts is fine oh but sex oh we have to cover the eyes well I understand if I'm like I guess like four or five in the theater I get it I mean I don't know uh whatever it's funny Jen mentioned that I just went into a kick so I forgot to mention before like a week ago to buy bad Sylvester Stallone movies on Amazon I have seen all those. <laughs> like as a kid. I bought Tango and Cash, Daylight, oh, wow. Judge Dredd. <laughs> but the other two that I bought, I actually really like Over the Top and Demolition Man. Okay, Demolition Man is good. It is. I stand by that. Fun fact: Did you guys know that the Taco Bell logo used in Demolition Man is the colors that they eventually changed to? I didn't. That's funny. Yeah, so that's interesting. But yeah, um, yeah. So did I you had, like it right away? Um, so. Or? I had I really don't remember what age I was, but I'm pretty sure I probably saw it with my father. Um, he was he's into movies, and so I'm pretty sure that my first time was probably with him. Um, I liked it. I actually like a good mob movie too. I wonder what it is that like. I guess we live vicariously through them, right? Because we wouldn't go out there and like you know get someone from money and like do the things that they do, but we're like living through them. It's not my favorite mob movie, but it's like maybe my second favorite. Uh, my, my third my actually my favorite favorite is a bronx tale uh, that's a good movie too i don't think you know what that's I, my favorite is it, and i love not, a bronx tale but i don't it's think not it's that a, i don't like godfather and godfather 2 but i i don't know i felt like i could relate a little bit to a bronx tale with the fact like he's growing up and he's trying to find his way and you take the and bus his, and his no well i took the bus for work but whatever but like his father <laughs> is trying to be there for him and trying to set him on the path but then he has this other father figure in Sonny, and then his father's like you know don't you know in a way they're both counseling him and he's sort of torn between these two worlds so i don't know i guess it's relatable 
or I always thought it's it funny was. you mentioned Bronx Tale because I'm listening to uh like the the book on tape for you know the wise guys, and listening to him talk about the early years, I couldn't help but to feel like a Bronx Tale is basically loose, uh based loosely based. Sorry off of the early years except for the race stuff like because he didn't like the dad was fighting him a lot on the cab stand like listening to the book i highly recommend it if you're either going to read it or listen to it whatever but some of the early stuff and so far like what i'm up to like some of the stuff they leave out i'm like holy shit that would have been interesting and some of the stuff that is changed i'm like oh okay which i'll talk about later yeah and it was uh All robert right. de niro's directorial debut Yep. Also, but yeah, and then Goodfellas, I really liked. I had never seen Casino actually up until like two years ago, and I will You're say welcome. that it didn't have the same impact <laughs> on me. Like I, I liked it, but it wasn't, it wasn't Goodfellas level for me. It's too long. I, I don't even think that it was too long. I just, I guess, because I had seen Goodfellas and I had seen it so many times that I know the movie well, that it didn't hold up the same way. So it's not bad, but I wasn't like. You know, and I probably even saw that as a kid in theaters, but I don't remember it that much from there. But anyway, Goodfellas, really good. Awesome. All right. Favorite character, Tommy. But like not even Tommy D is like my favorite character without a doubt. He is hilarious and he's witty, sarcastic, every every characteristic that I love in a person. Jen? Is it bad that I like Karen? (laughs) Oh, is that? Too oh, my God, guys, guys, guys. So I got to call this. I got to call Jenny out. So I, I promote um, I put it on social media this week that we're going to do a good uh, good for episode. Just if anyone wanted to, sh- you know, shout out their favorite moments, so on and so forth. The first gift that Jenny posts is the one of Karen holding the gun to Henry's head. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is that a sublim? No. And then, the, and then the other one. What was the other one I posted? The one where like he stands her up and then she comes at him and she's like, "No, you don't." And I'm like, "Maybe he was busy." No, that's not how that works. <laughs> but all right, so Karen. Anyway, I would say Karen, but then I would probably say Joe Pesci's character, so Tommy, Tommy D. Yeah, all right, and because then, he was really the fun, the funniest, funny how out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm guessing. G, you said Tommy for yourself too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tom. That's easy. Yeah, and the funny thing is actually they uh, toned down Tommy's violence for the movie. Like the real-life Tommy, they toned down his violence. And I thought he was extremely violent. Yeah, that's the crazy part. (laughs) All right, uh, how about Lee's favorite character? I have a low—I went low-key on this because I didn't want to try to get a main character. Uh, I wrote down Karen's overbearing mother. (laughs) (laughs) Like that scene after they get married where he— She's like waiting up for him, and then Karen's mother like rips off on on Henry Hill when he gets back home from Tommy, and Henry just like laughs it off and just leaves the house. Just walks right, turns right around. I Remember in The Godfather, though. do not get involved <laughs> in others' affairs. She could have just butted out, and that's yeah, my least no. favorite character. <laughs> I got like, although I I love him, but he's still my least favorite character is Maury. Really. I love him, but I mean, of all the characters, if I have to choose one, he's definitely. I like his Maury Wiggs commercial is still one of my favorite commercials of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the you know, like he does get annoying, you know, when he's, like at the one point, but he is a very major character, and I do love him. I as a character, but yeah, you know, what I, I could put- I couldn't hate on. I couldn't put him at like he gets a little annoying. Don't get me wrong, but I think because I felt his death a little, I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. 
Like when they when they kill him off, I was like, ah, I guess I don't dislike him that much. What about you, G? Um, I can't think of anyone I particularly like. Don't like. Uh, I I'm gonna say Henry, but not because like I don't. I, I it's just uh, it's a more of an interest thing rather than like it's being, the, like, like the it's it's what I call the Vinny Chase effect. Yeah. Right. No, so the coquette girlfriend. Sorry. What really, I don't have a problem with hey, what leave Lady Debbie Mazar alone. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You like, know, right? That's actually true. She fucking sucks. Hey. She's the worst. She's the reason. It's funny because in real life, she, again, sorry, I dove heavy into the real stuff. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Here. In real life, she was the reason they got caught in the end because it was her messed up apartment that made that got them caught. Because because if you remember, Karen got rid of everything, so they had nothing on them like to hold them. But because that's a good of wife. the girlfriend's apartment, that's what fucked it all. And the prosecutor in the movie <laughs> no. is the real life prosecutor. You know who fucked Henry Hill? Henry Hill fucked no, him. No, let's not go that far. Okay, because let's he didn't have to have a mistress on the side. Okay. That, that was a second mistress, by the stuck, way. If you just a... stuck with the wife from the beginning, the woman who's got your back through it all, the one that was ready to shoot him in the fucking head. It doesn't matter <laughs> because she, in the end, oh she my god, threw away the so, coke. Sure so we're. I'm sure the cocaine problem didn't help either. So guys, we're that speaking too. of like. Jen taking women's side on this. So Jen and I were walking to the theater yesterday, uh, took her to an early Valentine's Day Broadway show, and she's like, oh, babe, you would like this show, the, Lor- the Lorena Bobbitt. They're making a movie <laughs> on it. And then I'm like, and I'm like, oh, that's the lady that cut the guy's dick off. And she, without even, she's, she's like, well, yeah, but he cheated on her. Like justifying completely her cutting this guy's dick off. It didn't. Throwing it on the side of the road. Like, it hasn't been. It sounded. Depending on who you ask, depending on who you ask, apparently he was like beating her, and like he, she says that he used to rape her. It, it hasn't yeah, been a good. No, it, I, it was I, just. I didn't mean it in that way, but the way it came out, it was really. Funny. It hasn't been a good week for Jen Sublims towards me. Two months before I <laughs> get married. Do you can you imagine being the person that had to find that dude's like junk <laughs> and then like bring it to like the hospital? Like we found it. I mean, I think it was only, like, half his penis, I mean, like, I don't know. Doesn't matter. (laughs) I I mean, she cray. But, and I'm not saying I would do that, but I'm just saying, like, you never know what people, Yeah, what will drive people. That's crazy, though. Still still knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, so that Lorena is actually coming out to Prime uh, video as a documentary. I'm not sure the exact month yet, though. But they had a huge Times Square billboard. So, and then to move on to... To combine two, what age the best for you and what's your favorite scene? And I asked those together because I think what's age the best and my favorite scene is not the 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 typical oh am I feeling like do I amuse you like a clown or whatever? My favorite scene in Goodfellas is the dinner scene, and I think that's age of the best. You mean yeah, the rest the restaurant tra- no, tracking? No, the dinner scene, scene when they oh. kill Billy Bats and Billy Bats is in the trunk and they go and Marty Marty Scorsese's mom oh yes uh-huh. i think that's, that's a good age one, yeah. so well because you have you kind of see them disconnect from the tough guy mentality to just and sit just be down normal be normal people and just have a dinner have a good old-fashioned italian dinner and then when they see that painting they click back right into the mom mode like oh who does this remind you of so like you see a, you see a combination of both worlds and it kind of reminds me of the sopranos in a way that specific scene that's probably why i like it so much it reminds me of sunday dinner at, during the sopranos because during sunday dinner they always were able to 
just disconnect, but during some moments connect back to like the mob life. And I thought yeah. that yeah, I mean, it just kind of it's like shows like like like, like the economy between like the lives that they're living. Yeah, and I think which is what the which is what the Sopranos used to do really well too. It's like this whole like balance of like family and it's like real life stuff, and then like oh yeah, but this is also who we are too. And then like <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that's like my favorite moment in the movie. And I do then, like that tracking shot though from Rushmore. Which tracking shot? The restaurant tracking shot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, when the, the at first, the Copa. Yeah. Really, the, it's Copa Cabana. Really, really it's really funny because uh, my mom was an elk, and over in the Richard Park Elks, there's two entrances. There's you know the main entrance that most people take, but then there's the one by the kitchen. And I used to always call it the Goodfellas the entrance. Good you had to like, make That's the funny. turn, and you pass the kitchen. And there's usually someone right there smoking, and someone in the kitchen, so you have to do the whole shake hands. So I'm like, all right, we're taking the regular entrance or the Goodfellas entrance. And I think that scene's really good too, G, the one track, the, the track shot, because it's show yet. it kind of really, that's the first, despite Henry talking about it throughout the first like 20 minutes of the movie, maybe 25, that's the first one that really shows his access. Like he goes through the back. And that is then... an excellent point because I was just going to say that Martin Scorsese has said Henry's whole life being ahead of him, doors opening to him. It's a seduction of Karen and it's also the lifestyle seducing him in that tracking shot. Mm. Yeah, it's like showing all the privileges that he's going to have like in that one shot. He like wanted... that everything that he's getting. Yeah, he wanted to get across so the sense not, yeah, of yeah. the everyday So it's not just privileges. like a cool shot. Like there's a lot. There's like story in it too. Like that's what makes it kind of cool. Yeah, and then I love the end of that. Lo- the end of that shot is just Karen asking Henry, oh, so what do you do? Yeah. And she's, <laughs> she's like, I'm in, I'm in construction. I'm a delegator. Uh, and, yep, yep. Yep. I mean, for uh, me, the I think the most well-grown is definitely, as you said, the uh, Billy Bat's entire part. You know, just where you you know you start with you seeing bats in the trunk, and then you get to, then you get caught up to that moment. Um, I do have to go with the typical funny how like it's just so quotable it's so it's just such a fun and awesome scene to watch because then again watching all the documentaries and watching all the extras i watched um you saw like he purposely did a wider shot so you can get everyone's reaction from having a good time laughing to oh fuck it's tommy being tommy again yeah and i mean and then, even like, that even pause, Perfect. By the way, a fun scene to watch with a big crowd. That that scene got a big reaction when we saw it at the rooftop. Same with us. I can see like everyone there screen. just saying every line word for word. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was doing like word for word. It was great. <laughs> All right. What about? Well, gee, what's your favorite scene? Do you have one, or was it just a tracking shot that you mentioned? No, I like that. But I also I like the the Billy Bass scene too. That's like my favorite scene in the movie. But I do like the tracking shot a lot as well. Like we were mentioning before, mostly because not only is it just like a cool shot, but there's like. There's like story detail in it about like how this guy's life is like changed or going to change. All of a sudden, he has access to. I think it's really it, like you can tell so much story with how you film certain scenes without even having to say anything. Yep. Um, and, uh, fun fact with the Billy Bat scene in the real life, the beating wasn't one wasn't was more over turf, and also it was so bad that instead of just the gun being knocked out of his hands, the gun started to like just fall apart he was beating him with it so badly wow what about uh scenes that have aged the worst um i mean i I for a movie that's made that came out in 1990 it's still pretty i'm trying to think of what i thought in the age well i have issues with like the last 20 or so minutes or maybe maybe a little bit more than that and not like issues where it's like bad it just uh it kind of shows what you were saying before about the disinterest of Henry Hill. 
I guess because we don't. Yeah, well, it becomes like well, once it fully, fully like transitions into like, I mean, I guess it's always his story, but like the focus becomes squarely on him, like during those last few moments, and that it kind of takes me out a little bit. And like again, not anything against Ray Liotta. I actually think he's good in it. I just think he has the he has has like the unfortunate uh, thing that he was paired with like Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Like they were like people that were like better than him. Yeah. But the character itself also isn't entirely that interesting. So like the you know the the last few moments of the movie, which seem like they're squarely just on him, like it doesn't flow as well as like maybe the first hour or so of the movie, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, the first hour of the movie. I even I think the movie I, takes a turn when uh, Tommy dies. Yeah, once pe- for the longest I used to feel well, the exact same way. Once that, like, done, I kind of zone out. But I have to say, like the more I watch it, the more I appreciate the ending. The more I appreciate the work they did in the score, and especially with the how they call it. On, they, uh, it's like. The last day of a gangster is like how they kind of uh, call that whole scene where he, that day, rather. I hadn't seen because um, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I think this was the first time I had seen it on Blu-ray because before I got this copy of Blue on Blu-ray for like three, four years ago, 2015 during the 25th anniversary, I believe, and um, before then I just had it; it hadn't been released on Blu-ray. And I was watching it, and that scene, talking about the end of the movie, where um, Jimmy is basically going to kill Karen. That's my least favorite. Or is it? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, because I, one, I don't think Karen would have even gone as far down as she would have, because I think she was that smart enough at that point. Because, I mean, at that point, they already knew they were fucked. Like, but the minute yeah. it got close to him being busted, they were fucked. They already knew that. So the fact that she was so trusting, and I don't know, I feel like that's also like, I love De Niro's character and every other scene that he's in. Because although he wasn't in real life, he always seemed to be a little hot-headed, the level-headed at the same time, like the you know the very in between of Tommy and Henry. Like he, the way in my eyes, the movie portrayed him as the very middle of it. Um. And then the fact that he went that far, I'm like, I just always leaves a bad taste in my mouth. That well, scene. he was paranoid. I think so after the Lufthansa heist, he became paranoid and wanted to kill everyone. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he killed everyone just to, for paranoia and to keep as much money as he possibly could. Yeah. Kind of. But, yeah, I can see why he didn't like that. But I, the, what I saw um, that I had seen before is once she goes to the store, thanks to my wonderful uh, surround sound. I you actually hear the guys like telling saying shut up or whatever that she's about to walk in or whatever. You kind of get the idea that he's trying to kill her, but I actually never noticed that before. It's something small, but something that I noticed. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, like the last thirty five minutes for, for me, like I like G said it. I it's I'm very just disconnected, and you just he's just an idiot. <laughs> you see Henry Hill just become a complete fucking idiot. Like you only have one person on your side at this point, which is Paulie. And he just like don't deal drugs, and that's all he does. And it, I don't know. I just to me it just hasn't aged as well as everything else in the movie. Well, it's funny the very last scene with uh, Tommy, you know, pointing the gun at the audience. That was you know, that was inspired by the Great Train Robbery of uh, nineteen oh three. Well, that's movie. actually in my fun facts about Goodfellas. Huh. Jen, what about you? Do you have a, anything that's aged really bad for you? Um. Or favorite moment? 
Well, I do like the restaurant tracking shot. Um, obviously, a favorite moment would be like when she when Karen almost kills him. Yeah. No, when she stands up for herself, she puts him in his place. <laughs> um, I don't know. I actually always find, and I guess, and this isn't per se a female thing, but oh. I always find an interesting like look at how the wives of mobsters are portrayed in movies um, and how much they sort of, you know, they know but don't know, but they really know, you know, because you would be really stupid if you didn't know if you, but I know that you also will, you sort of turn a blind eye to sort of make the concessions for the lifestyle that you've become accustomed to and that you want to continue having. I mean, just like Karen here and then also, you know, if you were going to go into the Sopranos, everything um carmella does and i think also even um and i don't know how many people have seen this but married to the mob with michelle pfeiffer is a really funny yeah. movie and That's really right. good uh and alec baldwin is the gangster and he gets uh killed really early on in the film it's not really a spoiler because this movie's been out for like 30 Thanks. years it's not a spoiler <laughs> and uh she sort of like she always had like these mob wives around her and all these things. And she just really didn't know, but like sort of knew. And then like now she's there after her for the money. And it's just, it's a really good movie. Um, so it's just, I always find it really interesting. So I don't know. I think anything with, I always really enjoyed watching anything with Karen. And I thought they always really had really good chemistry together on screen. And just really the three main guys. I mean, they anytime they were together working, you know, when they were separate they were good because obviously they're they're phenomenal actors, but I think they played off of each other so well. Two out and of you the can three. tell that their friendship <laughs> What? I said two out of the three are phenomenal actors. Well Ray Liotta has done some good stuff. Stop. He's... Name another great Ray Liotta movie. Well, he's okay, really, really good like in Heartbreakers. Heartbreakers. <laughs> what did you just say? He's really good in Heartbreakers. Oh, I love Heartbreakers. Thank what you the fuck me. is Heartbreakers? It's just Sigourney Weaver. Jennifer Love Hewitt yeah. and Sigourney Weaver, Ray Liotta, Gene Hackman. Like, uh, it's a funny they're movie. They're like con artists. Yeah. And, uh, Sigourney Weaver and, uh, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. They like con men out of money. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, it's really funny. It's a funny it's movie. Particularly, Sigourney Reaver is really funny in it. If, I mean, if you like her, I think you would like the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, Narc is good. Like, I like Narc. I don't think it's great, but so I think it's a good movie. Do you think he's great in Deep... Uh, what's a... What, what you can go say Deep Blue Scene. Not Deep no, Blue Scene. Uh, Shades of Blue. Shades of the Blue. <laughs> I think he's playing... I think he's playing who he normally plays, right? He never in had a way. An, and he never... Like, I feel like he doesn't really go away from the from the typecasting. Yeah, and he never had another like, role there, like this. There is an argument that late Radiota, you know, he had like a good start with this movie that perhaps he should have been an even bigger actor than he became. I, I totally agree. I mean, you're... Uh, essentially, you're the... I'm looking at his filmography. Um, what did he do after this? Like, what did he do after I'm Goodfellas? I'm looking at stuff after Goodfellas. So, oh, he was in Field of Dreams. I didn't realize that. Okay, so in 89, he was in Field of Dreams, then Goodfellas, and then after Goodfellas... Uh, Article 99, don't know what that is. Uh, he made a movie called Unlawful Entry that I know of. Uh, it's Madeline Stowe's in it and Kurt Russell. And then he made No Escape. Oh, I don't even know what that is either. <laughs> he made Karina Karina in 94 with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. I forgot about he that. He did Operation Dumbo Drop in 1995. I remember Operation Dumbo Drop. Oh, that's terrible. A <laughs> uh, movie called Unforgettable in 96. He made a movie called Turbulence in 97. I've actually seen that. Oh, he was in Copland. I like Copland. I do uh, like he, Copland. Uh, uh, he was in that. Nice. You know, yeah, From the Ned Order, movie. partially. He played Frank Sinatra in the Rat Pack movie on HBO. That doesn't... 
I guess. Uh, he was in Muppets from Space. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're uh, saying is, outside of Copland, it's been pretty much mediocre. Oh, uh, he was in Blow. He was uh, the dad. Oh, you're right. He was in Blow. Was I like, forgot yeah, about that. So I don't love Blow. I think it's good. Oh, the wow, no. I cried Man, at the end I of Blow. I told this story before about how I had a copy of Blow, and I let this girl borrow, which is why I don't let people borrow movies anymore. <laughs> and that bitch moved all the way to Santa Cruz with my movie, <laughs> and I never got it back. I hope you bought it again. I had to rebuy it. <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Yeah. That's why I don't like lending them out. Like, I will I will legit, like, if people want to borrow movies, I will rip them and put them on a flash drive and give them a flash drive because I don't trust them to bring my movies back. For me, <laughs> if people want to borrow movies, I just lend them the DVD. You know how it comes with Blu-ray DVD? I just lend them the DVD. I'm like, you, I'll get you, go. you can sacrifice <laughs> You can sacrifice the, the quality. You can watch it that way. But uh, uh, he was in Hannibal. He was in Hannibal. That's not great either. And he's in John Q. So, oh. so just, oh, he's an identity. I like identity. That was good. That was okay. Yeah. So just no, uh, but yeah, you're right. His career is kind of it's been weird. Like you'd think. Like all right. So the way I look at it is like you have um any yeah, os- wow, anyone wow. that does a movie like Goodfellas, and he wasn't even. And I'm gonna get into it after I do some of the facts about the movie. Um, he wasn't even nominated for best actor at the Oscars. So you'd think though, even though it was like an Oscar beating movie, he was, he didn't even take advantage of that and do anything that made land him. Maybe he didn't care, you know, whatever good, you know, to each his own. But I think he had, he was placed on a pedestal that he could have had a better career in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So, Oh, the homie was in Charlie St. Cloud. I actually like that movie. I've never heard of that. You ever seen Charlie? It's with Zac Efron. His like brother dies in a car accident with him. And then, like his the ghost of the brother, he I don't know. It sounds really bad, but if you have like a little brother, it, it like it's <laughs> hard, pretty hard. Yeah. And I have a little brother, so. All right, so Makes let sense. me let me just go over some of the f- fun facts of the movie. Uh, so I didn't know this until I did some research, but the funny house scene wasn't originally in the script. I don't know if you knew that, Rye. Oh, uh, I I forget they said that, but I all, I do know that that's actually something that happened to Scorsese, not no, Henry it no. happened to Pesci. So while working oh, at a restaurant, a young Pesci apparently told a mobster that he was funny as a compliment that um, was met with a less than enthusiastic response. Uh, Pesci relayed the antidote to Scorsese, and Scorsese's like, you know what? Let's put this in the movie. Okay, I apologize. No, that's no, fine. This, <laughs> I always knew about Scorsese's mom, but both Amar and Scorsese's parents have cameos in the movie. Yeah, I just heard that. I actually just learned that today. The mom is uh, Pesci's mom, and the dad is Wax Pe- is in the room with for uh, Pe- Pesci's whacking, and uh, he's also in jail making the sauce. Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna say. The one that the note I don't I didn't have that other note about Pesci shooting, but I do have uh, Scorsese's father also pops up as as Henry's prison compadre, who puts up uh, who the one that puts too too many onions in the gravy. <laughs> Um, let I me put s- two. <laughs> I mean, I, I love onions, so the more onions you put in sauce, the better. <laughs> Jenny hates that I love onions the way I do. I like onions, but I don't eat them like straight up the way you do. And as violent as you you think the movie is, only five murders actually take place on screen, which shows the True. power of the movie because you just have this perception that every, you know everyone's getting whacked on screen. I mean, look at uh, Scarface, the scene uh, with the Colombians and the chainsaw. You don't actually see anything, but you feel that murder. I feel that's the same way with all all the other murders, pretty much. It's funny because, according to Henry Hill, 
he had a quote that says, crime pays much better than Hollywood. He was paid $550,000 for Goodfellas, not including any residuals off VHS or anything like that. And he pretty much said that his days in crime paid him more than Goodfellas did. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's not surprising. Also, one thing I'm surprised they don't depict, or maybe because they just want to show just the rise, is Henry didn't try to get out twice. He even joined the military, but his way of life caught up with him in the sense of he was, you know, got so many uh, court-martials and stuff like that, stole a car, drunk during the day, stuff like that, that he got kicked out. Oh, wow. Um, Also, I mean, this is not too shocking, but a lot of the criminals that were portrayed in the film were actually toned down for the film in terms of violent Mm -hmm. acts and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not I'm not too shocked. Uh, I mean, look, Henry doesn't in the film. Henry doesn't kill anybody. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, Yeah, because he's not going to self-incriminate himself. Although I always wonder why didn't Scorsese just put a murderer or two in there, especially around the end? Yeah. Um, he actually, Henry was actually surprised as everyone watching the movie that he wasn't killed. I actually watching the movie. You're like, I'm surprised this guy did not get killed. All All signs point to him. that It would happen. (laughs) (laughs) And this one may, I don't know how I would feel about this. Maybe Jenny likes a specific person. (sighs) I waited till now and, and away from casting news. But according to the producer, Aaron Winkler, Tom Cruise and Madonna were discussed for the role of Henry Hill and Karen Hill. No. So I can't I can't see uh, Tom Cruise. I could maybe see Madonna because this was also around the time that, I mean, she was doing a lot of different movies. And, um, yeah, was she and Dick Tracy? But, or did Dick Tracy was that? It was a year after. Yeah, and she's originally yeah. a brunette, so I could see her having, like, Karen's hair and that attitude. Because Madonna's not a terrible actress. In all honesty, I mean, if you see her in like Desperately Seeking Susan and Dick Tracy and um, uh, A League uh, of Their Own, like she's decent. I think certain roles she got later on, like in the 90s, weren't the greatest for her. But uh, for er- early Madonna, I could see maybe doing it. And um, also, I did not know this, but speaking of with the Oscar season around, Goodfellas also had Tony Lip in the movie. Tony Lip is also Beagle Morris's character in Green Book. And he's obviously in The Sopranos as Carmine. But speaking of The Sopranos, I think we all know this. Tony Cicero, Lorene Branco, Frank Vincent, Michael Imperioli. And there were so many people that were in Goodfellas that were in The Sopranos. Soprano. Which is... And Henry Hill's mom is named Carmela. I'm not sure if that was on purpose on Sopranos part, but I've learned that today and I found that. Was it really you? Important. I think it was you, Ry, that told me that uh, Karen's mom is uh, it's the same Car- as, Carmela's yeah, mom. It's the same as uh, Carmela and his parents. Yeah. We talked about on the Sopranos episode. Yeah, it's the same. Like, I didn't even realize it until I was rewatching for the Sopranos episode we did a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, listen to her voice. I'm looking at her. And then I'm like, Fuck, that's Karen's parents. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much all the fun facts I have here. Uh, just to finish up, I did want to talk about. Well, the can we talk a little bit about? Um, I don't know if we if we did any research on it, but like, uh, we ever find out like was Goodfellas like a front runner to win best? That's Jerry exactly. Oh, the, the wolves. No, 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 I actually have that information. <laughs> that's what that we're oh, going to okay. get into next. All right. All right so. Here's what I was able to pull up. I'm going to 
I'm going to go through the main players, you know, like uh, DGA, WGA, all that fun stuff. So it seems like it was pretty much a two-horse race, the whole movie. Because we usually, um, National Society of Film Critics Award is one of the early awards, I think in January, early January or late December. Goodfellas won Best Film and Best Director. So it's off to it's off to a running start. Then Chicago Film Critics Award are next, and the movie won director, it won film, it won screenplay, it won supporting actress, and then um and supporting actor. So we're off to a good start. National Board of Review, Joe Pesci won Best Supporting Actor, but the movie did not win Best Picture. So that's where it starts having some chink in the armor. However, LA Film Critics gave it Best Film. Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Cinematography. New York New York Film Critics Circle Award gave it Best Film, Best Director, Best Actor, Best uh, and then um and Best Wait, yeah, Best Director. Um, Venice gave it Best Film, Best Director, and the Audience Award. BAFTA BAFTA won Film, Director, Adapted Screenplay. Editing and costume design. And here's where the chinks come. The Golden Globes, it didn't win one award. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, well, way to go, Hollywood Foreign Press. So it was nominated (laughs) for... Even back then, then they were fucking up. (laughs) It was nominated for seven... President against Italians. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. It was nominated for five. uh, Picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay, and it didn't win anything. And at the Oscars... It was nominated for picture, director, editing, adapted screenplay, supporting actor, supporting actress, and I'm going to bring up now because I have that it was nominated. I do want to talk about what it lost to. So best picture went with dances, went to dances with wolves. I, as G said, he's seen it. I have no interest in seeing it because it looks like one of the most boring things I could possibly watch. It's really boring. Um, but this was like during the heyday of Kevin Costner. I mean, I, I, like that's when they like loved him. But still, it's pretty boring. It, it, it oh, I don't know. I had it upsets me because this this is my number two probably worst loss because it seemed like it was on track until Golden Globes, and then um, Al Pacino and Godfather Two is my worst, and I'll talk about that when we talk about Godfather Two like in a few months. Um, best director was Kevin Costner over Scorsese and in best picture despite the fact that it gets a lot of sh- shit Godfather Part 3 was actually nominated for best picture too Literally, was it? yeah was it? I actually rewatched it uh, I, I didn't mention it when we were talking about movies what we've seen before Jen saw it with me I, it's not as bad as people make it out to be it really isn't I think it's the, just not as good when it c- compared to the other two that's I guess that's the main yeah problem. I think as as it's the first two are so I mean, one, I consider them the best movies like ever made. So the fact that three is just okay, it hurts. It's it's uh, it's going to be the Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, yeah. Um, but also was nominated was Awakenings and Ghost. I had no idea Ghost was the best picture nominee until I did research for this podcast. Because uh, Ghost is the bomb. You have <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, I think Jenny about, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg won Best Supporting Actress. Which is blasphemous when Lorraine Bracco ah, was right blasphemous. there. Whoopi Goldberg steals the whole movie. She <laughs> does steal the whole movie, but I don't know if I would have considered it like 
Oscar. And, and here's another thing why I like the But Whoopi I do Goldberg. like Ghost. I do like Whoopi Goldberg. But uh, here's why I like the win. It's very rare that a more comedic performance wins. And I, that's what I like about it. Because, like, everyone will, like, hand out awards for, like, drama because they think it's harder to do and, like, all this stuff. There is still, like, skill in a solid comedic performance. Well, they went back-to-back <laughs> years with comedies because Mar- Marissa Tomei won the next year. I thought you were, I thought you were up to Mariah Carey. Like, what? <laughs> no, Marissa Tomei won the, <laughs> uh, Which I yeah, love oh, her yeah, and my Marissa cousin Tomei Vinny. is still considered a controversial win. It is. I like her, though. I really like her and my cousin I like her in that movie a lot. And that's another thing. She steals that movie, like, almost. I mean, they're they're good, too, but, like, she steals most of her scenes. She's good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think she made up for it years later. She got nominated for In the Bedroom. Uh, it's a movie with, like, Sissy Spacek and stuff. And I think, like, I think nominations like that kind of prove, like, okay, like, a lot of people didn't think you should have won for this. Like, let's show that you can act. And, like, she's a good actress. And she was also nominated in The Wrestler, I think. And she was really good in The Wrestler, oh, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but looking at director, uh, Kevin Costner be obviously Marty, Francis Ford Coppola, Stephen Fierce, and... Barbette Schroeder, I don't know who that is. Um, best actor Robert De Niro lost to Jeremy Irons. And I've never seen this, so this is maybe a Jenny or G. The Reversal of Fortune. Never seen it. I've never seen this. I, I seen think that. I heard of that somewhere. Who was he up against? Uh, so he he beat Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro. Actually, no, Robert De Niro was nominated not for Goodfellas but for Awakenings. I guess he. He split votes with himself. Oh, he split the vote. Yeah, so I mean, I it, I think if he got in for Goodfellas, he probably had a better shot of winning. But so uh, I wonder what, if he chose to campaign for Awakenings. Yeah, maybe he should have. I mean, I haven't seen Awakenings a year in years, so I don't know if he's actually a supporting or a lead in you that. You know what other like split the vote things? Being like talking about like the year that the the party came out and Blood Diamond came out. Leo and Leo, Leo Caprio yeah. chose to like campaign for Blood Diamond over the Departed. That was a stupid decision. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I. It's not saying that he's bad in it. I just thought he's that just so he much was... better in the Departed. I actually think because I think the going. I mean, we're keeping it in the Marty conversation. The Departed. I wouldn't even say there's a lead. I think it's just an ensemble cast. So if they all so, yeah, went supporting, all supporting, if they all went supporting, <laughs> I think Leo would have won supporting for the Departed because I think he's... I would I would laugh so much if like it was just one movie and like for all the supporting cast people were just from the same movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Leo won for the Revenant, but I mean, it's not a bad win. So I, I'm not gonna hate on the win, but I think you're right. If he would have campaigned for. That departed, I think he would have won. But um, to finish up here on the nominees, Kathy Bates actually won. No one from Goodfellas is nominated here, but Gath- Kathy. This is when Kathy Bates won for Misery, which is a fucking dope ass win. Yeah, um, I love that movie. She's so good in that movie. Yeah, she's so good. Uh, Joe Pesci beat Bruce Davidson, Andy Garcia, Al Pacino. Oh no, your Dick Tracy did come out in 1990. Uh, he beat Al Pacino too as well. Al Pacino got nominated for Dick Tracy. Yeah, Jenny's never seen Dick Tracy. I haven't it's actually. Good. Dick Tracy's you know crazy great. When Dick Tracy came out, like it was considered like kind of a disappointment because it only made a hundred, like a hundred million dollars. It was supposed to make more than that, but like it, it's. I think it holds up really well. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, and then supporting actress Whoopi Goldberg beat Annette Bening in The Grifters, Lorene Bracco. Diane Ladd and Mary McDonald in Dances with Wolves. Damn, Dances with Wolves is everywhere here. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't I, I would like to know if like if Whoopi Goldberg like who was the front runner to win there like I, I don't know if she won anything else that season. But... I don't I actually don't think so. I think Lorraine Bracco was winning. 
that stuff. That's why, like, I don't know. Maybe it's it's how you campaign or what, whatever the Oscar well, voters we, feel. We got that EGOT, though. Yay. Yeah, she has a Tony? Yeah. Oh, I she didn't. Had, she's one of the few. You got her in that. I guess John Legend has one now, too. I didn't know that. Uh, and then it lost screenplay to Looking Deep. Where the hell is it? Yep, it lost it to Dancing with Wolves. <laughs> Dances with Wolves. <sighs> I mean, to this day, I think it's one of the worst aged Best Picture winners of all time. I don't. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone really remembers it. So I mean, not at all. Lot, I, think, I think it made a lot of money too. Let me ch- let's check that out. I'll pick that up real quick. Dancing with Wolves made. Let's see, bringing it up. Damn, four hundred and twenty-four million dollars. <laughs> That's crazy. I I don't. Damn, was Kevin Costner that fucking big in nineteen ninety? He was here. So like, I mean, what what? Field of Dreams that already come out. Like he 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 uh, he was like on a roll. I mean, he I, he didn't start making flops really until was it Waterworld? I think. And Waterworld for some reason is getting it's like a cult classic now. Oh my god, it made one hundred eighty-four million dollars in the U.S. How many people sat through that? <laughs> Waterworld is that the one with uh that he's like a like they they like battle on ships and shit? Yeah, it was the at the time the most expensive movie ever made and it bombed. Man, I just mistake that for the River Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I used to confuse the River Wild and I used to also confuse a river runs through it. I like the River Wild a lot actually. And Legends of the Fall, which I all assumed was about. You watch Legend of the Fall? <laughs> No, I just confused them. Oh, I thought you were into that. <laughs> All right, so let's finish up on Goodfellas. Last scene, Legacy. I think it's the, to me, it's my number three mob movie of all time after Godfather and Godfather 2. I think it's, it stands the, the test of time. I think there's nothing, despite like we not made love the last 35 minutes of the movie for what it is, but I think the movie as a whole still is one of the most important mob movies because while, it's a, while the Godfather is to me like the best movie ever made and part two is the greatest sequel ever made i think the greatest show ever made the sopranos had more influence from the strategic strategic narrative of goodfellas while on the show the sopranos they look back at the godfather and pay respect to the godfather a lot because it's the first adult godfather generation like these kids grew up with the godfather the fact that Goodfellas is around kind of gave David Chase the platform and the blueprint to create The Sopranos, which is, you know, shows the lasting legacy. I don't think I think Goodfellas outside because I don't even consider The Departed a mob movie. I would say Goodfellas is the last great mob movie we've, ever, we've had. If you really look at the whole spectrum of mob movies since 1990, I think Goodfellas is the last great mafia movie we've gotten. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Like, that's I can't. Even close. I can't think anything that's that's even close. Yeah, to I that. can't think of anything. When did the Untouchables come out? Nineteen ninety-two, I believe. And that was that's good. good. That it's was not as good. good though, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's good though. Like I, I, I really can't think of anything. I mean, maybe Jenny Countess analyzed this and that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like analyze that. I like analyze this. That's the yeah, first one, right? It, 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 yeah, I like the first one. Cool. Yeah, the it didn't first one's a... good. It just didn't need a sequel. It it got a sequel because the first one made money. Yeah, I mean, I think 
Goodfellas is amazing. However, that kind of started the whole, like, let's put Robert De Niro in comedies all the time. It worked, though. He was good in Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers and all that shit. He was great at yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. De Niro's I, good playing still, De Niro. I still love, every time I watch Meet the Parents, I still love his delivery of that line. Like, you tried to milk him, didn't you, you sick son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's after the party when he comes in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh good. man, that's making me watch. <laughs> making me want to watch Meet the Parents. That's so- yeah, that movie. <laughs> but Meet the Parents, like, so that movie and like, I love you, man. They're like, they're funny and they're good. But there's something about them that make it gives me anxiety because like I feel so bad for Ben Stiller and like how like un- the, the situation is just so uncomfortable and he just keeps putting himself in even more uncomfortable situations that you're like, dude, like, oh, I want you to succeed, but you're like. You're your own worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're right. That line is actually really hilarious because I always yeah. laugh at it. It's a delivery of it. And then the other guy, wait, when they learn his name, he's like, wait, your name's Gaylord Faka? <laughs> and he's like, I don't mean to laugh, but it's a really unusual name. <laughs> that, oh, those are actually really good. I even, I actually like Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers is good. It's, uh, it is. It's I don't even remember that third one. Little Fockers is not good. That one's not yeah, no. good at all. But meet meet the Fockers, the line where he's milking, where he milks the, the. Oh my God! With the breastfeeding thing that he oh, has, yeah, he puts yeah, up the bra, yeah. I think it's hilarious too. Um, meet the Fockers is the one with the little kid that says asshole, right? He's, he's like, asshole. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, that's good. Uh, the wife always comes to our restaurant, Terry Polo. Oh, she seems know. like a nice lady too. Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, she's very nice. She tips well too, apparently. And. I don't serve, but apparently the service said she tips really well. Nice. And then this one girl was like obsessed with her because I guess she, well, she's on one, she was on one of those like freeform shows. I don't know if it was like the Fosters or something like that on one of those shows. And this one girl that worked there was like obsessed with her. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the girl from Meet the Parents. She's like, what's that? I was like, ew. <sighs> <laughs> so to finish up, uh, any last thoughts on Goodfellas before we finish up? All right, here's a question. Do you think they'll ever try to remake it? No. Oh, God. Well, I would say no, but I. I think they're gonna try. They're gonna try. It's probably gonna fail. You can't. And Who the hell you they can't, cast? I don't even want to. Uh, yeah, because you don't have the same Italian actor. So if you're going, you're going to want to go for nah, authenticity like cast, you had. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna cast the cast of Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> I like our trend of like just remaking everything with Riverdale. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Archie I, would be. Uh, I think. I think. It, I think that'll be untouchable. Like. um the godfather i don't think those are Ooh, veronica would be a good character. sorry <laughs> i love veronica but no one other fun fact before we go uh about pesci's character i just i wanted to definitely put out there the uh, funny thing is you know you think he's like that because of you know his small stature but in real life he's actually built like a brick house like six three and built so the fact that he's just as crazy as tommy is and it doesn't have that napoleon complex i found very interesting oh yeah i think the napoleon complex adds to the performance oh yeah yeah so and then it's crazy because the same year that joe pesci did goodfellas he did home alone <laughs> that's always been funny to me like he goes from being a successful oh, bandit to a sticky finger yeah seriously <laughs> and then the funny thing is i it kind of makes me appreciate home alone 2 a lot more because he just won an oscar he didn't have to do home alone 2 <laughs> but he chose to yeah. so no, uh, I, I think he had fun doing it no i i'm 
I can imagine. I mean, he got the worst of it in Home Alone 2 outside of the bricks. I think we <laughs> should do in Christmas, we should do like a reel of back on both Home Alone and just look at the, the traps and like how long these guys would have survived. Because I think uh, <laughs> Daniel Stern would have died. They would have been dead. Like the bricks They would have died in the first one. I mean, like. <laughs> Full on death. I mean, a, a solid. So like, have you ever, you haven't seen, uh, have you seen Better Watch Out? It was like, it came out like a couple of years ago. It was like a Christmas horror movie. No. Well, they duplicate the whole like paint the the bucket thing basically. Yeah. And what would normally happen if you got hit like that with the bucket of paint? Yeah, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> or at I at least be knocked out. <laughs> the the most ridiculous one to me outside of the bricks is in part two. I think part one we could try to find ways for them to survive. Let's just. Call the spade a spade. Ah, Daniel Stern would get tetanus from stepping on that nail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that crowbar to the chest when the spider's crowbar on it would have yeah. cracked like five ribs, yeah, I think. Like, yeah, but it wouldn't kill you. Lighting your scalp on fire like that? But it wouldn't kill you. Yeah, part two. Part two. It would get infected, though. You need to go with the doctor. Part two egregiously tries to kill them. Like the bricks and then the electricity. Yeah. And, and the one with the pipe or the big thing that he throws down and it hits both of them. Because they, they yes. throw yeah, and it's like and a pipe thing. Miss. And I, I was actually going to talk about that. It's him with the pipe, and then he cuts the pipe, and then the pipe goes down the stairs, and then hits him in the chest. Oh, well, it lands on, yeah, they'd be yeah, dead. Seriously. They would be very dead. <laughs> and then Just they get attacked call. by pigeons. <laughs> that scares me to this day. I, I That's oh, David's so fear. Can't I, well, you know, I, I know this is like we're getting off topic, but I will. Like, I have just wanted to say that the creepy old man is creepier than the pigeon lady. Like I could like be like, all right, the pigeon lady, you're, I can still be in the same like vicinity as her. The creepy old man, until they don't make him creepy out of nowhere, like no one would want to hang out with him. We see we see pigeon ladies all the time, so it doesn't really scare us. Central Park, and so, by it the way, mess with me when I was a kid, pigeon by, lady. But... By the way, Central Park is really not as bad as they make it out to be. <laughs> you well... just you just don't want to go at to Central Park in the middle of the night. That's all. No, you don't want to go there at night. Yeah, that's about it. But uh, oh yeah, but that pretty much wraps it up. Next, uh, Ryan, I you always to... do it. <laughs> I, I have say... one last question. To wrap up on Goodfellas. Favorite uh, whack. <laughs> Sorry, Five people awesome. died in the movie, Ryan. Five people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna say. Also, I will suggest that if you have never looked into it, look into Henry Hill's life even after. Goodfellas I, after I, that final scene, I actually he, did. Witness protection, he, he still commits. Insane. He still commits crimes. He gets arrested like crimes. three or he's four still, times. Uh, drugged out. He keeps getting caught, and he's on the run for so long. It's insane. Yeah, that's insane that he was able. He was still like, nah. Let me just commit more crimes. Screw it. <laughs> he couldn't get out. Of the, he just could not get out of that mindset. Yeah, Joe Pesci had a really good running moves. I, I'm simply looking at post Goodfellas. It was like <laughs> Goodfellas, Home Alone, and JFK in '91. My cousin Vinny. Oh, Lethal Weapon That's 3, because Lethal movie. Weapon 2 in 1989. Home Alone 2, A Bronx Tale, Casino. Yeah, he had a good little The 90s run. were good for him, yeah. And then he just retired. And then after Lethal Weapon 4, he didn't make anything until 2006. The With good a good shepherd. shepherd. Yeah, and then he hasn't done anything since, yeah, right? he's been like, man, it's because he's old. Isn't it crazy, though? Like he, if he, I don't know the big role that he's going to have with the Irishman. Crazy if he wins an Oscar for it. Like He just comes out of nowhere, and he's like... See, my thing would be, I would not want my last movie to be like hot garbage, right? So I'm, I want Jack Nicholson to make something, because the last thing that Jack Nicholson made was that really bad romantic comedy with Reese Witherspoon. That's right. So he was in. I remember the name of it. I had to look it up. But like, I, if you, like, and these people are getting old, and they're not, you know, it's... 
they're not scream chickens anymore. Like, I just need, like, your last movie to be, like, something good I w- if you're going to, like, step away. I would have. his last movie, Jack Nicholson, was How Do You Know in 2010 with Reese Witherspoon, Owen Wilson, and Paul Rudd. Man, you know what I need? I need Leo and Jack Nicholson to make a movie, and Jack Nicholson plays Leo's father. Because <laughs> everyone's been trying to put that in the universe. Because like, <laughs> though, and by the way, the shot of Al Pacino and Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, dope. Yeah, them two working together on screen is going to be He's fun so to see. Handsome. Al Pacino, I know. No, absolutely. Leo. All right, so <laughs> so to wrap it up, next next week we will be back with. Since the Oscars will take place the 24th, we're going to do our Oscar predictions next week. And and then be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we're be wrong. Totally be totally wrong. wrong. I have a feeling Roma's going to get that best picture. Well, wait. I, I, to, I have a and we're all throwing chairs. To chi- and we're all throwing chairs. Well, well, have you watched it, Wait. To chi- yeah, what, what happened? Did G, G, did you watch no, it yet? I haven't yet? watched it yet. To chime watch. in, to chime in, I did want to say something. Jen's so confident about this, and G is so confident about this, but a little movie two years ago. Oh, God. Here we go. I'm just saying swept even more. It won DGA, it won PGA, it won BAFTA, it won Critics, it won Globe, it won all the Critics Awards, and it didn't win Best Picture. No. So don't be too confident on Roma when two years ago. I don't want Roma to win no, Best but Picture. I, but I, I'm I, saying. I want Black Klansman to win. Oh, I think I that's, I think that's over. I think it's over for Black. I it's, know. It's either Green Book or Roma. And the one thing we can hope, because prefer, preferential ballot, the way it works, if Roma wins off, because what they do is they do first place votes first. And if Roma wins off the first round of ballots, then it's over. If it goes to like a second round, third round, fourth round, so on and so forth, a vote, then I think Green Book wins Best Picture. And I doubt it'll happen, but there's a there's a day that Black Panther just comes up the middle and wins Best, best Picture. That's, I don't know, I wouldn't like that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and on top of that, I'm going to go over my predictions for Best Picture, my top 10 Best picture early prediction for 2020, and we can look, we're gonna look at some of the worst Oscar losses of all time. Uh, Ryan, Good if you want, yeah, that's on it. <laughs> Ryan, if you want to come in, I mean, I know you haven't watched some of them, but if a casual point of view in terms of what you think may win, you're more than welcome to come on. You know, I'm down. Awesome. All right, guys, see you next week. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real.